Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant, turned boutique owner, turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, and hopefully we're friends. I don't know, but welcome to my boutique land. If we're not friends yet, let's be friends. I uh, am here trying to help you have fun in your boutique and learn a lot and make decisions that feel good to you and your growth and uh, that's what this podcast is all about. So if it's your first time finding me, I do want to remind you, I have a bazillion and one free resources for you. I have free vendor lists, market guides. God, I have a whole four-part series on how to start your boutique. I mean, I just give it all away at a certain point. So check down in the show notes of this podcast, whatever app you're using should have some show notes down at the bottom with links to all my stuff, my YouTube, Facebook. So I just want to make sure you know how much I have because a lot of people are finding me through the podcast, which is awesome. And I'm so grateful uh, for podcasting and for Apple and Spotify and all these cool platforms. And there's even more (laughs) to be found. Uh, So I just want to make sure you're aware right here at the top of the podcast. This episode, I'm excited because I see this question a lot. I think there's like a pretty standard answer to it. So I just figured I'd do a podcast about it because why not? It's easier for me to just explain it all via my voice. So this question that always gets asked in Facebook groups, I see it a bazillion times, is about pop-ups. So how do I do a pop-up? How do I, you know, find a pop-up? What does it even entail? What is a pop-up? How do we do this? So if you're in the mobile boutique space and you have read my book, you will know that our life is based on pop-ups because we're basically moving our store around to pop up in different locations. That's the beauty of having a mobile boutique. The other opportunity you have if you don't have a mobile boutique is uh, with your online store or honestly, even your brick and mortar. When I had a brick and mortar, I did some events and, you know, what we would call pop-ups even though I had a brick and mortar because it got me more exposure. I really used it for marketing and sometimes I didn't make any money, but I didn't care. It was like getting out in the community, getting my name out there, just getting that brand recognition I think is really important. And I think with pop-ups, There is this great opportunity um, to see it as a marketing tool. Yes, can you make money? Absolutely. But I also think there are so many benefits to, number one, getting out of your house because a lot of you guys that want to do pop-ups are running an e-commerce business out of your house, an online boutique from the basement or your guest room or whatever. And, you know, it can be a lonely road. Trust me. I mean, I was a solopreneur for a long time and I kind of still am. Well, no, I have a team. He can get pretty lonely. And I think being able to do a pop-up is a nice way to just get out of your house, meet some people, have them interact with you, your brand, your clothing, you know, whatever your products are, um, and really get some feedback. You know, I think that so much of the time we're just in our own little bubbles. And I really see pop-ups as a great way to get out and get out of that bubble, really. So let's talk about the nitty gritty of, you know, what a pop-up is, how to find one, 
and what you'll really need to to have a good setup. First of all, I would consider a pop-up anywhere where you don't exist all the time. So this might be at a salon, at a spa, at a coffee shop, at a beer garden. Um, You might find something like a vendor fair or a shopping girl's shopping night out or uh, even a flea market, farmer's market. You know, you really do have to look for these things. I absolutely would try to see if there was ones for you to attend before you even open or before you even consider doing this and just go and walk around and see if there is your ideal customer hanging out at these places. Most of the time, even if you can just go and set up, you're going to be in a good place. I never expect a pop-up to make me a ton of money, but I do expect it to be great exposure. I do expect to at least get out of the house and practice doing this. So out of, you know, three out of every five pop-ups, you might make money. Some of them you might not. But the first thing to do is research events in your area. So I would check with the local chamber of commerce. I would look on Facebook events. Sometimes even like states have websites or counties have websites where they list events. Bigger events, I've been asked a lot about like state fairs and uh, really big events like that. I don't always think those are the best places. They could be for you, but they generally cost a good amount of money to have a booth there. And I don't always think that like people are necessarily going there to shop. Now, again, this is something if you're going to go and pay $2,000 to be in an event, you may want to go first and do it the next year. Or you may want to ask the event organizer if they can send you a vendor list of who was there last year and maybe start looking some of those people up, reaching out, say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this event. You know, would you suggest it for a store that's as new as mine? Something like that. Um, I recently had a client say to me, oh, I want to go. There's like a week-long rodeo in the town I grew up in. And some people do set up shopping areas, but it's a lot of money. It's a big commitment and it's not my style of clothing. And I was like, sounds like there's a lot of things working against it. But maybe if you go set up, she said she could set up outside a friend's like coffee shop or something. And I was like, do that, you know, like keep it easy for yourself. I think making those big, long, you know, week to week long commitments, it's a lot. And I think if you're just starting up and you have limited inventory and you don't have employees and you know, kind of the cost of event is going to stretch you, then I would reconsider. I've done events that have been a week long and I never liked them. I always left early. They weren't really for me. I love events that are like three hours, six hours. I think my longest event was every Sunday I did this event called the SOA Open Market in Boston. And it was from like 10 to four every Sunday. And I just did that every Sunday. I would just go pull up my truck, park outside, sell a bunch of stuff, go home. It was great. Uh, I took probably one bathroom break, one little lunch break, and it was a long, rough day. It was hot in the middle of the summer, but I made really good money at it because my ideal customer was there. She was all around and she was pumped that I was there. So I think that's the important thing is, you know, not every event is going to be the event for you. You might have to create events. So I've done pop-ups at salons, at spas, at women's gyms. I did one actually with a women's consignment store that was really good. Again, not all of them are good, but getting your name out there and if it's hopefully a free spot if you're partnering with another business, that's great. If you are going to partner with another business, you might want to think about giving their employees some kind of discount um, or offering like a different shopping time for them. Maybe they come in first, shop around, you give them a little discount. Um, You don't have to offer like 50% off. I'm talking like 20% off, maybe 15 to 25%. 
Uh, but it is nice to get, you know, the women from the salon shopping because they want to look cute. Generally, like women who are hairstylists have great style, too. So, you know, they definitely want to come out and shop with you. And that's not a bad thing. So I would say that, you know, there's two paths to go in terms of trying to find these events is like one, going to something that's already established, that's already an event that you can be a part of or being really bold and approaching some other businesses. And maybe you have a friend of a friend who owns something or knows the owner, you know, be bold and approach them and kind of pitch them on the idea of, you know, you coming during one of their high traffic hours. Maybe you, you know, pay them a flat fee of like a hundred bucks to rent the space. You want to make it a win-win situation and you really want to be respectful of someone else's space because obviously they're paying and they've They've put on all the legwork to have this whatever you're going to. Um, so I do think it's important for you to be humble and approach them from a business perspective of, hey, I think this would be good for you. I think it'll be good for me. I'm going to advertise like crazy and you know, we'll say it's a partnership or I'm coming to your place and popping up. Um, you definitely want to advertise that for them. You want to put their logo on things uh, as you're posting on social media. Um, I think it's really important to make sure that you're doing the legwork too. Even though you are utilizing their space and you might be paying them, you're showing them in good faith that you want to be um, sort of a good steward for their space and, and that it's a good brand partnership because that could last for a while. I mean, like I had events that I would literally go to every year or like I said, every single week and it really worked. And, and I think, you know, there's opportunities especially if you're just online, you go to a local coffee shop or a local women's gym or something and you do an event with them, you know, that's more customers on your email list that will come in like your Facebook page that will shop you after that event or invite you to do a private party at their home. Remember, another avenue for this is doing private parties. Like that's how LuLaRoe was always pitched. I remember like at the beginning they were saying, oh, you just do private parties at people's houses. Like you can do that with your boutique. You know, even if you don't have a mobile boutique, you can go and set up in someone's garage or in their living room and sell your stuff to their friends. Like that is absolutely possible. You may not have that quite yet, or you might not have the base to do that quite yet, but I do think it could be a good part of your business plan, even if you are just online. So let's talk about the things that you're going to need for this physically need, um, because I think that a lot of people overcomplicate it and it can be quite simple. Um, do I think you need to bring all your inventory no. I think you need to pick the best of the best. If you have a small inventory, then yeah, bring a lot of it. But I would consider bringing a good assortment of tops, bottoms, sweaters, some jewelry, some scarves, like have things at different price points so that even if someone coming or stopping in is like, oh, I'm not like in a position to buy a $50 sweater, but this necklace is so cute and it's $18. I'll take this, you know, and then you sell it to them with your business card. So I think in terms of your assortment, you really have to be strategic about why are people coming to this event? Is it a true shopping event or is it I'm passing through and like, okay, I'm going to be kind of a looky-loo, but maybe buy something cute and little. That's okay too. You want to offer something. Oh God, I almost said something for everyone. <laughs> I mean something at each price point for your ideal customer. Uh, because here's the other thing is even when I would do private parties, I swear to you, there would be women who would be like, I knew I was going to come just because I wanted to see what this thing was, but I didn't, you know, I'm not going to buy anything. And I was like, I don't care, like whatever. And they would always just buy like a scarf or a little like 
um, makeup pouch or something like under $20 because they love the experience so much that they were like, oh, I need like almost like a gift shop gift, you know, to like bring home. I, it always cracked me up when women were like, I'm not going to buy anything. And I was like, okay, like, I don't, I don't care. It's fine. Women are so funny. So anyway, you know, I think it's important to kind of cover your price point, make sure it's manageable for you. If you don't have help, remember, you're going to have to be moving and lugging and, you know, storing all this stuff. I would say with inventory, you might want to get some either some plastic bins from like a Target or a Walmart or grab some big like Ikea type bags. I know that probably someone has knocked off those Ikea bags, but essentially they're just really massive like vinyl bags that have really good long straps on them so the clothes don't get crushed but I would keep your clothes on hangers put them in a bag put them in a bin and then you can just set up racks and hang your stuff up I would say like one to two racks and a table is completely sufficient I don't think you need like 18 racks remember this is a pop-up so people are gonna want to look for like five minutes make a purchase and probably dip out so they're not coming into a store making a huge commitment I don't think you need a ton of stuff so I would say like two racks and a table with a nice tablecloth try to get a tablecloth where you can put your signage on it so this was one always one of my like big things and I guess either I didn't know it existed or it didn't exist when I was doing it but I would always try to like tape a banner like onto my tablecloth and it was just like a mess. Like it never works. So if you could get a printed tablecloth, like that would totally beat the system where you have your logo, you have your website, all your information kind of on the front of the tablecloth. And then you don't have to worry about like hanging signs. I was always like messing around with duct tape, which was so stupid. And looking back, like I don't know. Hindsight's 2020, right? But I think a printed tablecloth would be super cute where you could set up some jewelry, set up some scarves, absolutely have an email list on a clipboard out on your table so people can sign up. You can have your little cash register there. I would say that you want to stay away from overloading the table. What you'll find is that people don't want to touch your displays because they are nervous to break anything or move anything like a lot of people look at displays and they like see them as being like museums or something and they're like oh can I touch it like oh am I allowed to go near it and it's like yeah obviously and and I think partially it's like out of respect obviously like they don't want to like do something that's not going to make you comfortable because obviously you're standing there too right so that's like the weird part is I think that with pop-ups the hardest part is like being friendly but like you're also literally right there (laughs) it's not like a store where you're like five feet away or something you know you're right there so I would always like I never would stand a lot like sometimes I would sit just to like be a little less intimidating now I do think like you do want to stand up when someone comes closer like just say hey let me know if you have any questions I do think I've been to booths where people seem like they literally don't care and they don't even want to interact with me. And like, I think there's a middle ground to that where like, I do want to talk to you. I do want to like get to know you and and maybe ask you a question. So at least like, let me know that you're friendly. But I've been to so many of these vendor things where literally the person just looks so unhappy and so miserable, like sitting in the corner. Um, So (laughs) I think you have to find that happy medium of how you want to act at these pop-ups so that you attract customers, you don't scare them, and you also don't like make them think that your life is miserable in the corner. I often would like move around a lot. I'd be like fixing clothes or like, you know, pretending I was fixing things up. But I think that bringing a table, bringing a chair, 
for yourself, bringing lunch and some drinks, always so helpful, making sure that table isn't overcrowded, making sure the racks aren't overstuffed. You know, you want to make them shoppable. You know, if you are going to be outside, you probably will want a tent and potentially like one of those pop-up dressing rooms. I know they're on Amazon. I never used one of those because I had the truck, so I had two dressing rooms in it. Um, But I definitely saw people using them, and I think, you know, it's a good thing to have. I will also say you need mirrors. Mirrors are such a pain in the butt to travel with, but having a full-length mirror and then having like a close-up like jewelry mirror on your table is crucial to allowing people to see how things fit on them. Even if I couldn't get the full-length mirror to like stand up on its own, I would literally hold it for people and be like, oh my God, it's so cute. Like, and I would be like, just like the moving mirror, like from Beauty and the Beast or something. Um, But you definitely need a mirror. The last thing that's like really most important is having a way for people to pay. So if you use Shopify or Square, make sure you get their reader. Um, You can download the app. I was using like a payment reader in 2011 that was like super old school and I don't even know if it exists anymore but you know it had the swipe machine on it I could type in numbers if I needed to but it was all operated on my phone on a cell network I mean sometimes I would be on wi-fi if I had like if I didn't have good cell service but generally it was all processed through my cell service and then I would bring cash like depending on your price points I always had about two hundred dollars in small bills. I remember oftentimes people would come like straight from the ATM. Like they'd come to the event, they'd go to the ATM, grab a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. And so they always had twenties. So it always made sure to have like ones, fives, tens. Having small bills is really important because that's what the ATM suspends is twenties. I don't think over $200 like you necessarily need. You can use a cash drawer or you could honestly keep it. Um, I always had like a fanny pack <laughs> that I would keep like my phone, my swiper and cash just so it was like right on my body because I never wanted to leave anything lying around if I had to pop outside or if you know I lived in New York for way too long where I'm like will never leave my purse anywhere (laughs) it's always like on my body or I can see it Um, so you know I definitely always had it sort of in a crossbody bag or like a fanny pack so it was on me so I think that pretty much wraps up like the basics of what you need you know you can get fancy and if you sell shoes you might you might want to bring us another chair you might want to have a rug underneath your table if you're going to be on cement Um, you know you can always go fancier you can always have like a fancy fancy tent. I always just use like a white easy tent, pop-up tent, no big deal. You can always get fancier. I will say though, if it's your first pop-up, your second pop-up, just get the hang of it. Like get used to setting up, get used to like the flow, get used to feeling comfortable. Like it is a weird thing to go (laughs) set up stuff like in a parking lot or on a green and like sell to people. It is strange. Um, So definitely don't feel pressure, number one, to like be perfect out the gate. Like you're not going to be. You're going to refine over time and you're going to like realize like, oh man, I shouldn't have drank so much in the morning because then I had to have my neighbor watch my booth or thank God my mom stopped by to like watch my booth for 20 minutes while I found a bathroom. You know, you're going to learn all the tricks of the trade as you experience it because honestly, like there's so much more I could probably tell you, but it's just so, it's so nuanced and it just totally depends on like where you're popping up, what your issues are going to be. Um, but I think it's a great idea. I love the idea of pop-ups. I think especially if you have an e-commerce store, getting out of the house, getting interaction with people, even if it's four people in a couple hours, that is more than you had 
like in the past month, right? Um, so I definitely think pop-ups are a really good way to go. Don't be scared of them. You know, I would say in terms of paying for them, like make it manageable. Like I said, if it's going to cost you $300, $500, $1,000, like really make sure you're just going to at least make your money back. You know, I would say the smaller the investment, the better in terms of space and and cost wise and anything free is even better. (laughs) So, you know, make it manageable for you. Take baby steps. Don't Go sign up for the biggest fair in the county tomorrow. You know, I think this is something that is a really good long-term play for you. And if you do it right, you can build your email list. You can build your online following. It's a good time. Like, it's fun to get out of the house and see people. People love shopping. And, you know, it's like having a mini brick and mortar store in all these different locations. So, and it can also inform you and where you want to eventually open a brick and mortar store because you realize like, wow, this pop-up does well. Like, I should have opened my store in Boston, not way out in the suburbs. Like, that was a huge mistake. You know, all my customers that were so good were in Boston. And, I was nervous to open a store in Boston. And so, you know, you learn a lot and you learn what works, you learn what doesn't. And it's something that you will refine over time. Like I could go set up a pop-up shop tomorrow and and do it so well because I've done probably 400 of them. Um, But, you know, it's something that you'll get better at over time. But challenge yourself to try one. If there's something in your area you can do that seems easy, just do it. Just sign up for it. Go for it. You will totally surprise yourself at how much you either love or absolutely despise it. (laughs) So hopefully this helps you figure out uh, how to get a pop-up going, how to start doing more of them. I hope this inspires you. Let me know if you like this episode by giving a rating and review in the app that you're using, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or something else. I would love to hear back from you about how you're enjoying the podcast. And that's it for this week. Thanks so much for joining. I'm Emily Benson, and I will see you next week here on the Booster Boutique Podcast.